a little fancy, you know. <laughs> Francois Francois. Uh, no, I could definitely do both. Francois. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, you have made it to the podcast. Um, and we just kind of jump right on in. I think a lot of people are shocked, but uh yeah, once we get going, we get going. So if you're good to go, I'm good to go. I, I'm good, man. I'm ready. All right, awesome, awesome. Well, with that being said, welcome one and all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine Podcast. Now, on today's show, I am super excited to have Aaron Francois, okay, on the uh, podcast, and uh, we're going to dive into an amazing conversation. But before I do that, as many of you may or may not know, if you've been listening to the season, we're actually doing it in partnership with Ad Color. So huge thanks and shout out to my friends over at Ad Color, especially the amazing Tiffany R. Warren. And uh, today we're going to learn a little bit about Aaron's background ask him some amazing questions as he's an industry expert and leader, but then we want to dive into your ad color story. So we're excited about that. So for those of you that are listening, Aaron is a blurred social media enthusiast, sneakerhead, and lover of all things D, E, and I. He first ex he was the first exposed, excuse me, to the marketing industry via 4A's mate program. And since then, he's been able to touch various different categories, whether that is sales or that's diving into finance or gaming or tech. And I'm sure that that doesn't even touch the surface of the things that this guest today has been able to have their hands on. In addition to his day job as the associate strategy director, he uses his platform via social and speaking engagements to really cover topics such as building your personal brand, creative strategy, and also the future of social media. In 2022, Aaron founded Black Visionaries, which is a nonprofit 501c3 with the mission to really make sure that they're providing resources to Black professionals, as well as making sure that there is advancement there. And then they always have their yearly event, which is the Black Visionaries Brunch. And trust me, I am waiting to get my invite to that brunch uh Aaron but hopefully right now <laughs> listen okay come on man a brother love a mimosa every now and then all right she, <laughs> um but Aaron's love of community has definitely translated um through um his distinct honors whether that's Maper to watch Mr. Ad Color 2022 as well as both the four A's and McCann Worldwide Billy Davis Award and the right hand plug award so with that being said welcome to a dose of black joint caffeine how are you doing yeah i'm good man it's a pleasure to be on the show um i i've watched your content before so i'm i'm more like i'm more i feel like i'm more stoked than you are i'm like yo it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a good time so i can't wait to, to really dive in yeah absolutely yeah you know i appreciate you i appreciate you coming on the podcast and um you know i've been watching you from afar i think it's one of those things where it's only a matter of time that we meet and mm -hmm. um i think that is so a uh, great that we were able to meet you know i i, I don't it, it felt like we met before but maybe we didn't um but we we had the opportunity to talk at um add color and really have a great conversation and it was great getting to know you so i'm excited that our listeners get to learn more about you yeah for sure and hopefully along the way you know they check out black visionaries and, and add color and mape and all these amazing communities that have been a catalyst for the work that you know i'm able to do today yeah absolutely so let's actually kind of start there because i think that's a great point i mean you know 
I think the the name of the award that I just mentioned, the right hand plug award, you know, you you are the plug, you know, now, but can you talk about a time or was there ever a time that you just did not know about all of these organizations? Because I think, you know, so often when people get into advertising or they or they start learning more, it's like, oh, I wish I would have knew this and I wish I would have knew that. But were you always kind of aware of this advertising marketing uh, community that you're now, you know, so involved in? Um, no, absolutely not. I think it's two twofold in that one being, you know, just a young black man growing up in New York, like advertising is not just knocking at your front door. Right. And like my family's from the Caribbean. So marketing was never the career they told you to do. It was like doctor, lawyer, maybe police officer even, <laughs> you know, but when you're like marketing. They're like, I don't really know what that entails. I don't, it's not yeah. really giving security. Um, all, all of that, but also um, I went to, so I went to Baruch College, which is in New York City. I didn't go to the Syracuse universities, the UTs, where they have these like extremely large scale, well-known and robust uh, ad programs. So my intro to advertising, as funny as it sounds, and I went to a community college before I went to Baruch, which was called Borough Manhattan Community College, both in New York. Uh, I got misadvised like by someone who like, what, for whatever reason, they had read my transcript a certain way. They recommended a class. It was called Essentials of Advertising. I uh, ended up in a class with a black woman professor, which at this moment, I now understand how important that was. At that time, I'm like, well, most of the professors in that school were pretty diverse, so I didn't think anything of it. But I ended up in this class doing very well. Financial aid hits me up like, yo, like this is not a part of your major. We will not cover this course. Um, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, damn, I like this class. <laughs> I, I, I like this class more than every other class I think. <laughs> I honestly, I, I bit the bullet. I paid for the class out of pocket. Wow. Um, like, it, it took a while, but we paid for it. <laughs> uh, but I was like, you know, it just meant that much to me to be able to experience that. And college is about doing the things you like as well as the things you have to do, right? And I was like, I'm just going to do this and see where it leads me. That then led me to learning more about advertising as an industry, it turned into an on-campus job that I, that I maintained for the rest of my time until I graduated. I was a college tutor from like that year when I took that course for like my next three years of schooling to when I finished my bachelor's degree and I was able to have a, a job that allowed me to study and made school feel easier. And then during that time, I now was like, okay, so advertising exists. Then I, I'd hear things about advertising when I went to Baruch in my four year, like they had an ad program but they were mostly known for finance and accounting. So fast forward, do that. I'm like, well, what advertising clubs do you have? And I, I hear like about like a PR club. I'm still figuring it out. So I'm like, PR sounds like advertising. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. This, this is like young me who doesn't really know that there's a bit of a, a difference in like the, the traditional roles and whatnot. So I go into a PR internship. I'm at, I basically networked my way into that internship because I have no idea how these things work. And I was a part of the club. We hosted an event. I spoke to one of the speakers and like to this day, I still picked a similar approach because I know it yields similar, you know, results. But I was like, hey, like I'm trying to find an internship. I want to learn more about this work. Um, if you can't do anything with this, I, it's OK. I understand. But here's my resume. And I guess having shown that initiative, they're like, oh, yeah, like we'll bring you in for an interview. And I feel I'm one of those people like once we get into the interview, we good. Like we're going to figure it out from there. Just get me. Yeah. To that first conversation, right? Yeah, did it, hated it. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, okay. 
That's fine. I was like, I was like but but internships are for the, the learning stage, right? Like that's where you figure out what you do or do not like. So I was like, huh. But I did like some things. Like I liked the media part. Um, and I, I liked the the parts of it where I got to understand people and what made them tick. And why do people why does PR exist? Like what causes buzz? Like what is what is the thing that makes people help to generate help generate buzz in general? So uh, after that, I went back to I had one more year of school, so that was, I was like, "Thank God, I can figure it out from here." Mm -hmm. I took a course that was like a media. It was like it was a the MSAC competition that some people know. So the National Student Advertising Competition. Um, I did that, and then I was in like the media track, helping the team with media planning. But I also had the team bring to us like the opportunity to apply for me, and I had met Al Benoit, who was one of my mentors. So Al okay. was like super senior in the in the Fourier's organization. He's an alum from my school. And it was interesting to see like a black man yeah. who looked like me. Like I'm like, oh like you're doing it. And also I, I'm I'm half Jamaican, half Haitian. He's Haitian. Yeah. So I'm like, oh and you Haitian. Like, oh suck suck my say I'm like I'm like oh we like we family now. Like you ain't getting rid of yeah. me. So I talked to him and I remember like hearing his journey and his story. Um, and then the MAPE opportunity was presented to my college. So I hit him up and I'm like, like, yo, should I apply? Like, you know, the, the doubt is kicking in because I didn't go to these other colleges. I'm like, mm. well, I'm when I get in. And he's like, well, the worst thing you could ever get is a no. And even at that, it's just a no. Like, yeah, th that's it. So I took that logic and I just applied it, it to that again. That's a that's a bar. Come on. All right. We, I didn't I didn't I wasn't expecting to have to to have to bring out the DJ Clue bombs in the show, Aaron, but we started too early. We not even what 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 is we not even all we not even there yet. We haven't even got to the meat. But yeah, that's that's a fact, you know. But it's that real, right? Like we we navigate our professions and our personal lives in fear of no and like why is that because you're gonna hear it it's inevitable you've heard it since you were a child yeah right? like, it's just at the thing. core at the core of it no one even outside of advertising mm -hmm. no one likes to hear the word mm -hmm. no so mm -hmm. i think i think when it comes to your career hearing it even it more so more. it hurts more yeah so especially because you feel like that's a direct reflection of your skills and what you're mm -hmm. doing but sometimes mm -hmm. it can be that entity in that situation so yeah Yep, and then sometimes you you have to also realize by granting too much power to the no, you're also allowing that person to dictate your potential, right? And that's that's where I'm I'm now in the stage of like reiterating that to people. Sometimes even reminding myself, like, yeah, it's a no, and that's it's, it's no for now, because I've seen a lot of no's for now turn to yeses tomorrow, or yeah. yeses year, or yeses five years from now. So you'll be surprised what can happen. Like wor worry less about. In the immediate state, what whether you got a yes or a no, worry more about like how do I, how do I ensure what I'm doing or what I want to create is going to be right for me. And that honestly, it was really murder she wrote from there. Like I, he was like, yeah, yeah you, you better get out there and do your thing. And and I to this day, like I, I thank this man for what he's done because he was my first plug. And I actually, when I received the plug award, I had an opportunity to speak on a, a panel at where all the black people. He was there, and they asked a similar question, like. Did we did we did we talk at where all the black people? I feel like we did. We briefly we talked at where it was, yeah, like, it was, it was like I knew I was moving. Okay, yeah, I, knew I was I, I must have been moving too. I knew I was moving fast because I was like, mm -hmm. I feel like I wanted to say ad color, but then I was like, okay, maybe it was where all the black people, but uh, we, we got to really speak at ad color. We we spoke in passing at where all yes. the black, you know, and, okay. and it, it's only been like 
I feel like we be in the same room and we like opposite sides of the room for whatever reason. So now, okay, okay, you know, meeting of the minds, meeting of the minds. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but, but to that um, point, he was there, and I was like, like honestly, like shout out to that man because people like him, like they're the ones who remind you that it's it's not that deep at its core. Like you, yeah, your personal value is never dictated by any entity, whether in marketing, whether you know, even like your peers, like you can't let your peers be the ones that create or determine your personal value. So now I appreciate him for that. And that was how I ended up finding out about the mapes, which then led to the ad colors and then all the other things. But we can we can get into all that. Nice. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a good point because, you know, so so often I think that you have to remember who you are before you enter this industry and also what you could bring because you know that's that's so true because now it's like you feel like everything is a makeup of these titles and big titles that you know we have and you certainly definitely have held a lot of big titles um but i want to dive more into i think the things that we know you're good at you know we mentioned social media and your love for culture and being able to really bring these things you know together and i think that that requires strategy at the core of everything that you're doing you have to be strategic how would you define a uh, strategy and then what is the secret errand sauce to approaching um, a strategic plan when it comes to marketing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess we'll start with my definition of strategy. I think it is a, a culmination of things. It's your it's your lived experiences. It's the, the the data that you see at points in time that shows you how people respond to things. It is the past, present, and future of how people have responded. Will we think they will respond to anything on a day to day basis? And I, I wouldn't. I try to like avoid giving it a full like this is hard cut what it is because I've, i now even now i work on a team where like everybody's approach to strategy is so different it's less about like what is strategy it's like more like what are the lanes of strategy now like yeah i, yeah. I told someone this recently like strategy is like the multiverse right like, i'm a nerd so i'm gonna i'm gonna go off the hinges sometimes but it is it's like the multiverse like you, you have your comp strategies you have your brand strategies you have your creative strategies which are they're both swiss army nice but they do lean to the creative but then you now have audience strategies right you have people who do product strategy like there's so many lanes to it for me to say like at its core it's this one thing i'd i'd be almost like shaming the discipline <laughs> and people will be like it's more than one thing right yeah. so i do i do try to be careful with going that route but what i would say is overall like what makes a good strategist it's someone who understands that that it's a culmination of things and that uh it's not just about reading a brief or or the data that someone shares with you it's about going outside and going to an exhibit and watch people watching like asking why do people continue to go to the caribbean restaurant up the street versus like this larger scale restaurant that has a name and is a chain and is right next to it like what attracts them to that what is the the experience like that brings them back or why why does one brand have a, a cult following on social that will go out their way to to look up something and comment when another brand that may provide a better and more substantial product is struggling to keep their page alive so it's all of those things that that roll into general human interaction and then for your next question in terms of like how i approach like a, a social strategy or, or a project a strategy project in general um i think the first thing i always want to know is like what's your why like yeah. not just not just like oh we want to raise awareness by 50 percent like why do you want people to care how do you want people to feel right because it's at the end of the day we're, we're marketing to people and it's not 
this this the robotic nature of like solely tracking a metric metrics are important but solely relying on that without feeling an emotion behind the work is going to give you the same results that you're putting in right when you put in lack of emotion you get lack of emotion and it'll come across in the responses to the work that you're creating and i think even in like social like social is ever evolving right it's not what it used to be like five five to ten years ago and i appreciate that because it's, it's like they're putting every other uh, channel on notice like hey we can keep up with the tv people like going to social people like sending messages in a group chat for things that they like so if your work is great enough to make it to the group chat it is officially great work now and a couple years ago everyone would have said i don't care about being in the group chat like that doesn't matter you know like that's it's, it's almost childish to even use that as an example but now that's a barometer for success like when people want to share your work with their peers there's a, a sense of pride in it and it's almost goes to say like this is really dope yeah yeah absolutely i appreciate you sharing that and also too i think bringing up you know um just how um strategy plays a role in so many different lanes um so you know we definitely understand that and also you know the multiverse i'm not shocked if any of you follow aaron on linkedin then you will know that he calls himself the t'challa of <laughs> marketing and advertising so uh we know that i am speaking to the black panther himself um, but it's, it's, you know, it's spirit you know it's spirit. You know, it's spirit absolutely but um but no i think that that is very very good to know um when you're approaching it so you know I, I mentioned linkedin and i think that it's hard and, and you know a little disheartening to get on linkedin these days now and you instantly still are seeing more layoffs within a number of different industries that are taking place um i always like to offer the podcast as an opportunity to be able to share advice and tips uh you know when it comes to things that are very very topical and that people should be focusing on and i think that hiring season is definitely about to take off what are some um kind of uh fun or key hiring tips that you would give someone that you feel like are true to you and the way that you interview because i think that you hear so many different things so many different times but what is the aaron secret sauce when it comes to um hiring and as you mentioned you know getting that interview mm -hmm. yeah for sure you asked me for a lot of that secret sauce you're gonna put me in jeopardy no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> no, Listen, yeah. hey, and also too, you know hey we got to pay you for it we'll do that as well but <laughs> no i mean i think uh the number one thing and is i'm trying i try to avoid the cliches but some of them are like purely rooted in validation which is like the networking piece but it's not just networking right like i always tell people make friends or like to network is to meet someone and to exchange contact information and maybe use it but then you make it effective by actually building a relationship right like speak to recruiters when they don't have jobs open for you like get to know them understand their role like how have things been for them like i i talk to people in general like i'm not looking at it as a transactional like what can you do for me because then later down the line what differentiates me from everybody else all the the 300 plus people who are in their inbox who may even be overqualified for the same role I'm applying for, but they may need the opportunity just as bad, or they're they're just trying to figure out how they can get some type of income, right? And you're we're we're in a, a stage or a space right now where the competition for anyone who's looking for a role is steeper than it has ever been. In that you, you may have just graduated, but the people who are applying, they may have a PhD and they're also like 10 years experience, and they just need to make sure they can keep a roof over their head. So they don't care about what the title is. They just need income. So how do you really continue to build? One, you build that relationship with people. Two, 
do do things nobody asked you to do right like depending on what your title is like build spec work um share your thoughts on social on linkedin start your blog do find your find your creative musings the things that make you feel warm inside because the job hunt is daunting it's stressful it can bring you to an emotional dark place so the more you can really think about like while i'm doing this it needs to fill me emotionally the better and easier it'll get and then it'll come across as you talk through you know your spec work or things you've created with your peers or the interviewers or whoever that may be because it's something that you are genuinely passionate about and you wanted to put forward for people so uh, that would be another big piece of that we, we tend to look at it as like oh it's a waste of time or i don't want to do extra work but your career is not extra work right like it is that's the work like anything that you can create you can put into a portfolio and say i did this you've done it and it doesn't matter if it was for a legit agency client or not like that's still work you did yeah absolutely i also think um i really love the point about what you said about you know just making friends getting to know people you know but even as you're doing that you still want to be intentional that that's all that you're trying to do because you could be sometimes trying to get to know someone for you know the next one up um when even even that may be the case but i think that that will ultimately kind of shine yep. so yeah yep. so that's good to know so now, also, oh go uh, ahead yeah that too like in, in the process of making friends like it's okay to ask for something you know you can ask later like you can you can preempt it in conversation like yeah i'm looking for a job but truthfully i just wanted to talk to you i wanted to get to know you and don't and and as much as it may hurt you or burn you to your core to not ask I think you need to check yourself for a moment and figure that out because it, it'll it'll yield a long-term benefit that you couldn't even imagine that being number one too like if you want to be a straight shooter that that method can work but also understand once you go that route it may not yield the same results that you would have hoped for like i get sometimes some uh someone will hit me up and be like hey uh really enjoy your content i saw this on the road blah 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 and just like straight to it i'm like well damn i'm not having a great day <laughs> <laughs> like, like well, well how was your day <laughs> happy new year <laughs> yeah i know yeah you gotta have a you gotta have a balance there but mm -hmm. you know when that when that stress and anxiety kicks in it it, mm -hmm. it kicks in and it could take over you know so mm -hmm. um, yeah you definitely want to do give that yourself grace. Like, it's, give it's yourself grace like yeah. this give yourself grace yeah yeah, give yourself grace. Absolutely. Well, listen, you have now reached the point of the show where I have a little game for you. So um, you mentioned you were born and raised in New York, correct? Yes, sir. I love that. And I think that hip hop and so much talent and musicians come out of New York. If you had to name your three top black music artists mm -hmm. from New York, whether it's hip hop, R&B, it could be country whatever field we just want to make sure they black blackity black black mm -hmm. which three would you say are your top individuals that put new york on the map when it comes to music because there's so many amazing music yeah, yeah. Artists in new york. three Ooh. would you say man that's <laughs> i mean number one hey, i want to i want to have you back on the podcast aaron so be, oh. be i don't i don't i don't i don't i don't want, I don't want you to get canceled first podcast my opinions will not be refuted as a Brooklynite. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I will not let them stand against me. Let's let's just start. Okay, there. Don't worry, and don't worry. We'll we'll be in the comments. Uh, Dose of Black Joy handle. You know, fight fighting them off, no matter what you say. Okay, but and also too, by the way, 
I did not give him this question, you all. So he is he is definitely not prepared. But <laughs> which I mean, three? I got, I got a solid two. I'm thinking of my third. My number one is Jay Z for sure. Like no debate, wow, okay. no, no contest. Um, I mean, just I'm. I, I really want to just be like, just look. Like, are you serious? But yeah, he's he's done so much for you know the community in terms of like how he's really just put people on the game. Um, he's an active. Contributor to like this Brooklyn, you know, Marcy, where he's from. So, hell yeah, Jay Z. Um, and then I'll skip way ahead generationally to Pop Smoke. Um, mm. A lot of people, they, they don't understand what he meant to, you know, New York and Brooklyn, but it was, there was this like this lull in music and like the, the impact of music until he came out. And granted, like, there are some things about drill music that people have issues with, i.e., like the, the virus it promotes and the language used and things like yeah. that totally fair i think music is up to the person's choices you know and what you prefer in that but what he did what he did for brooklyn overall was like motivate a lot of other artists to come out and just put their music out there and, and see what is to come of it and also um beyond that i'm always going to go for the og you know notorious oh, but okay. i don't think there's no there's any way i could talk about like new york music without you know the guy who, who's like the real the real big homie uh, yeah. And there's, there's so many other dope folks, but my top three, those are people that are, are in the to the day in my rotation, like Biggie, Jay-Z, and Pop Smoke for sure. Okay, listen, we'll take it. You've done good. You've done good. I think I think that you will have a part two on the podcast for sure, but, um, you know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely love that. Now, you know, speaking of New York, um, it was around 2015, I think, for myself that I went to New York for the Ad Color Conference uh, and Awards. Um, absolutely amazing. And um, I would love to use this part of the show just for you to talk about your Ad Color experience, what it means to you. For any of you that are listening, in 2022, Aaron was Mr. Ad Color 2022. But um, talk a little bit more about, I guess, your introduction to the organization and um, you know what the role that it currently plays now um, in your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So my my Ad Color story is like the original version is like kind of similar to what happened with Mate, where Al, my mentor, was like, I'm like, yo, like Ad Color is taking applications. Um, should I apply? Like, like I don't know. Like, you know, it seems like it seems like a thing that I really want to do. I know I'm passionate about the work that they do, and there's a synergy. But I always saw it as like, well, I'm not, you know, as big in the industry as a lot of these other people who I see do this work, or, you know, I I haven't had a chance to. I always like looked back on where I went to school and where I was from, and like all those things. And I, for a, a moment, I think as soon as I got in the industry, because you come in from college and you're like, I'm gonna make waves. I don't care what nobody says. And then you realize, like, that's not how it works. Like, you got to earn your stripes and show people. And then someone, people start to advocate for you and become a sounding board. And I was like, should I apply? He's like, yeah. Like, once again, what's the worst that can happen? Right. Um, shot my shot for the Ad Color Futures program. Um, I was fortunate enough to get in. And two of the people who I had met with, not only were, you know, were, were they people that I have met in a previous career, uh, but I've I've done work alongside them, right? Like, well, one of them I didn't know them personally, but I were I entered that wide end before that, so we talked a little bit about that, and then my experiences and the kind of change I want to make. And the other, we actually toured at an after school program together, and 
it was the, the concept of like rising up and reaching back is such a big thing during an interview process. And to have someone who like they they we didn't even realize until later, we're like, oh, we do the same programs and like we're talking about all this work. And yeah. you, you realize you undercut yourself until you have a conversation and you're forced to talk about what you've done. And you're like, oh no, I have been doing that. Oh, huh? like we, yeah. we both been out here, you know, feet feet on the ground, like really making it happen. And that was that was great because it, it then eventually turned into me becoming a future. Uh, my my class is one of the bigger classes. We have 40 futures, I believe. Wow. So wow. We, we don't go that big anymore, 30, 30 max. But I, we always say we have 39 other siblings. And <laughs> and I do I do love them like my own flesh and blood. Like those are those are my people. They've helped me to grow just emotionally, professionally, and across the board. And that that turned into me immediately saying, like, okay, this is this program has given me something special. And I know, like, there's no doubt in my mind, I would like to pour back into it the next year. Um, I was going to the conference and I reached out about a volunteer opportunity. I became an ambassador. Um, that was just pretty much being on the ground, serving as a mentor, supporting the, the year's futures and their experience. 2020 comes, nobody knows what to do. Everyone's like, oh, snap, like, we're all virtual. Like, ad color is going to be virtual. And I remember signing up to be an ambassador and they needed more help. Um, and I was like, okay, like, I'm all in. Like, let me know where you need me. Put me in, coach, bro. And yeah. From that point, that point, uh, I was an ambassador. Eventually, uh, pivoted to being a part of the A and B because, like, the team just needed more help, and, that, and that's just how divine, uh, you know, life can be in general. Where you you don't realize how something can can really work out for you when you just Absolutely. pay it forward. And and I'm always of the mind that like, pay it forward because you'll never be able to pay it back, right? And that was I just cared that much. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about what it would yield for me. But it turned into, oh, you should you should be a part of the advisory board. Um, we need some help on this team. Next wow. year, I ended up uh, heading up the learning and development team. And I've always so before marketing, I was a professional dancer, right? So what? Yeah, it, it was it was a time. It was a time. What 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 hip hop or like art? It's, or it, like it's like, so it's a New York based style. It's called Lifey, but it was it's like hip hop and mm -hmm. adjacent. But okay. I did that. For like since I was like seventeen, all the way through twenty five, twenty six, like I'm like I danced at like the Apollo, HBO Theater, Brooklyn Museum. Like I really was like I was in the weeds until the moment I graduated and got into advertising. I was yeah, and wow. everything. I almost want to say da da da. So you think that you can dance, dance, <laughs> dance, dance. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. I love that. I love that. Okay. That, that experience though, it, that was one thing that definitely contributed to my love of marketing and branding and, and understanding what it was like to, to put events and curriculums together. But I pulled from a lot of that when Absolutely. I joined the Apple advisory board, because I was on a learning and development team and we'd be putting together programming and events. And I'm like, Oh, like I finally can get back into my like event throwing first person. Yeah. I'm like, really put things together in addition to like things I was doing outside of work with ERGs and whatnot. But that was to me, I was like, Oh, this is a, a moment to really like reignite that flame and find a way to do that. And we did a lot of that uh, as part of the learning and development team, curating experiences for every year's futures. And that was super dope. Um, and in that, that second year I was, I was nominated as Mr. Ad Color. And I was like, it was crazy. Cause I was just like blindly saying at my laptop when it was enough. Listen, talk about, I mean, talk about a journey indeed. I mean, I think that's absolutely amazing. And 
you know, you you mentioned future, so you know, we we talked earlier about um about just going straight forward to a question. And so I'm going to ask for the listeners because I'm sure that many of them are going to be tuning into this episode plus 27 episodes. I mean, we're talking to individuals that are past honorees, board members, um, AAB members, futures. Um, what does it take to be an ad color future? Man, I mean, it takes a, a couple of different things. One, uh, a genuine intentional approach to paying it forward. Like, and knowing that when you get in this program, you're not just doing it to check a box. You're doing it because you want to create for people who are like you that may not have had that opportunity and inspire them to seize the day when possible. I'll say that's the first thing. The second uh, is in an understanding that even once you get into the future program, the work never stops, right? Like it's to become a futurist to join a community of people who actively try to create change in every room that they walk into. And knowing that you're not doing it alone is the only difference, right? Like you go, you come in doing the work on your own and then you walk away and realizing like, oh no, we locked in arms now. Like we're really, we're, we're going to make something shake. And yeah, 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 yeah. also just acknowledging that internal uh, changes can make waves externally, right? Like just because you feel like, well, I only work at this company or this agency or this tech company or whatever, this brand. It does not mean the work you do does not matter. And when you acknowledge that, it starts to come across in the kind of work you create and shape up. And make, making change takes many forms. There is no one real way to do so. Be confident in the change that you've made, right? I think we interview a lot of folks who they're like figuring it out. They're like, yeah, you know, I kind of do this thing. I kind of do this thing. And they, it's like, it's kind of evident that they're unsure if it has validity but they're putting it out there as a thing they may be doing or thing that they are doing. Mm -hmm. Approach it with the, almost like stomp your feet, as you say it, like, and I'm doing that, right? And I may be a little more New York in my, my, my like, <laughs> just a little, I mean, you know, just a little, yeah. because you have some people where they, you know, they, they also are, you know, they're future. So they, they don't know, but, but, but mm -hmm. I think that that is good advice. What you're saying in terms of, you know, Hey, we, we want you to come, you know, confident and and we're and we're we're not coming to, uh, you know, drag you down or poke holes in it. It's not that kind mm -hmm. of interview, you know. But it's an interview where you want people to bring themselves. So yeah, I appreciate that. And, and also, like, like you were a star before you got here, right? Like, yeah. Don't don't let any program tell you any different. Like you you got here as a superstar. So remember that as you walk away, no matter what the end result may be. And I think that's my biggest thing. I try to tell people like you are amazing way before you apply for any of these programs yeah so this is an additive opportunity this is a thing to add to your ability to create change this is not where change starts or ends yeah absolutely beautifully said now you know i love your thinking because it's so forward and i mean we are here in 2024 i can't help but notice all of the various different action figures and things behind you so i have to ask have you started diving deeper into ai over this last year and if so are there any ai tools um that you're currently using or that you want to co-sign that you have been like okay this is pretty cool because i think that the question last year and before that, you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty around AI. Some people are afraid about it. But what tools come to mind for you that you're like, okay, this isn't so bad? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think 
one AI is like I think people people fear everything that they don't understand, right? Like until you have the yeah. chance to really dive into it, people hated the internet, and now we walk around with computers in our hands. So like, like let, let's be for real. But I do think that uh, with AI specifically, the way I'm using it, there are two two distinctive ways. One, I'm a big Notion guy. Um, I like actively use it to keep track of like Explain my. Maybe for the people at home. I mean, this is yeah. So Notion is it's, it's many things, but it is. For the most part, it is a like a project management tool that takes many forms. You can use it to take notes and you can you can take like the worst notes possible and you can ask AI to turn them into actionable steps and it will. Uh, you can input, you know, like just a thought you had, access to expunge upon it um, and build it out further. You can put together a like almost like a status. I have a status sheet where I do like project deliverable owner of the project links to go out to it on the outside uh progress like status of it so like in progress not started it gets in the weeds for real and like <laughs> when people look at it they're like this is overwhelming but it's so easy to update and it keeps me accountable in the work that i do on a day-to-day -day. It, it was like oh like i found my own version of like the team status sheet in like an ai yeah. app, right so that would be one with notion the second and as a strategist i always implore strategists to think about this like we're not like the traditional creative teams, right? Like we're not art director, copywriter combos. We are strategists and at its core, uh, we do have ideas. And sometimes we want to, you know, bounce an idea off of someone like you, you, you need social media teams. So I know you understand, like you may have an idea and you're like, can I pull you to the side for a second? I just want to run something by or bounce something off of you. And then yeah. you realize the want sometimes of having any other human person, human body, or just an entity of sorts to say a thing to and get a response. So I've started to use like Google Bard, which is Google's version of like a chat GPT. I've used Google Bard to like, just throw a prompt in there. Like, what are your thoughts on teens and furniture purchases or things like that? Or like, like their love of furniture or millennials and new age gaming or cloud yeah. gaming, things like that. Like I'll just throw something out there. I use it in a lot of different ways as well. Um, I like, use it as a way the same way i'll use a google search right like usually if i'm doing internet research i'm like provide statistics on x y and z i'll just mm -hmm. do it in a google bar because it'll give me a direct uh sentence from there in a bulleted format at times i can say provide me the source documentation and then i have a more pointed direction versus like having to go to page eight of google <laughs> to, to find that one article that i need yeah. of course the platform like a lot of us use like third-party tools, i.e. Nielsen MRI, um, M2G, like things like that. But there's also, like, if you're doing desktop research, there are ways to make that easier, right? So that's how I've started to use AI pretty much as, like, it's like my companion, like, it's, it's my coworker, basically, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. You know, we have a guest on uh, the show this season, but I want to make sure that we're talking more about it as a community. The quote that they said was, if black people have to work twice as hard, at least having AI, we won't have to work twice as hard as we once used to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I say that if that ain't a way to think about it, that ain't a way to think about it. I mean, that threw me off. But um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it is a good tool, and I think you know, there of course there's uncertainty with it. Uh, we had Doug Melville um, on the show this season, and so Doug is going to be talking about um, the AI, um, the AI um, 
I hate to use the word bot, but kind of the AI, you know, program that he's currently working on, which is really, really exciting there. So I hope everybody listens to that. Um, he's also a board member with Ad Color, but I do think that it's making advancements. And I think hearing, you know, from leaders such as yourself that are in the industry and you're like, hey, this is how I'm using it. And this is what works for me. You know, I think that it kind of breaks down um, a little bit of the stigma behind it, because let's be honest, AI has been around way before, I think these last five years that we're just talking about it, like it's always existed. So I think that we're giving it a name because we put a multiple functionalities into a singular hub. It's yeah, at that point. But all these things were happening in different pockets beforehand, right? Absolutely. It was all, it was all. I mean, listen, it's coming from you, T'Challa. So we know that in Wakanda, you are using technology mm-hmm. like no one else. So we I'm get saying, it. I'm saying, for real. I'm telling you, I'll bring them in the closet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Aaron, I think for anybody that knows you, I mean, even when, you know, we were thinking about the the people that were going to come on the podcast and I was working with Tiffany, I mean, you naturally bring so much joy to so many people's lives. And um, that's why anybody that comes on the podcast, that's what they always bring. But if you had to give a dose of anything to the people listening at home, not joy, because that's why you're there. At this particular time within the industry, when it comes to marketing, advertising, tech, PR, social media, uh, entertainment, and then along with our 33K ears that we have on the podcast, what would you like to give our listeners a dose of? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Man, a good question. Okay, you know, now wait a minute. Hold on, time out, time out, Aaron, because everybody that comes on the show, they y'all know this question is coming, but, but, but it's like you have your answer, and then when you get asked the question, you're like, I don't like the answer no more. It's the dramatic effect, the entrance of it makes it feel like I now need to have a better answer. It's, so, <laughs> but I, I would say I would give a dose of courage for sure. Like the courage to take risks, the courage to to bet on yourself, yeah. Um, the courage to to say no to things that don't serve you and don't make you feel warm inside, mm-hmm. and the courage to say yes to things that you haven't seen before, but you know you want to do. Right. So, yeah, for sure. That's See? nice. Well, we got you. there. We got there. We got there. We did. We did. Listen, we. Did. <laughs> we did, and we'll take that. So you all have heard it here first from Aaron, a dose of courage. Take that with you in 2024. Well, speaking of 2024, has the Black Visionaries brunch already happened? Or if it hasn't, when is it happening? Can you tell the people at home listening? How do you get in? What's the ticket? How are you invited? What how does how does it work? Because I've seen the pictures and I, I actually think I missed one last year, mm-hmm. which I'm super, super bummed about. Um, I think I had to catch a plane back to uh, California, um, but I was in New York. But for the people listening at home, tell the people about it, because I think that it's another amazing uh, community building event that mm-hmm. I think um, really leads with um, this authentic um um forward way of having conversations while still making connections so but tell the people at home more about it for sure yeah yeah for sure i mean before to do that i have to explain what the brunch is a little bit before okay a, the approach we take is not like an open format anybody can just come it is a, a more well, and that's i mean that's why i'm asking because you know oh, yeah. me i 
Oh, yeah. I've always been the crazy Ghanaian uh, cousin to show up anywhere, hey, even listen, when I'm not invited. So, listen. so maybe I'm asking for myself, Aaron. But yeah, tell tell us about the hey, format. You, you are on the list, though. You know, so <laughs> the, the, the the promo hasn't come out yet. You, you know how it goes in marketing. You gotta you, you, the flighting is always behind schedule, right? So, okay, 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 <laughs> okay. My friend. It. it has the brunch has not happened yet. Um, it is usually towards the end of every year. I mean, every year is Black History Month, so. We try to keep it within the confines of February. The main thing uh, to note is that it was it's put in Black History Month because one, during that time frame as Black people, I think we do a lot that doesn't serve us. We do a lot of education of our plight and speaking on panels or doing workshops or creating sessions under the guise of like we want everyone to feel welcome to the Black experience, but we never get to truly live and exist and thrive in our Black experience. And in 2022. Um, I was fortunate enough when I received the Billy Davis Award, it came with a stipend and I used that stipend to do my first Black Visionaries Brunch, which was honestly super makeshift, but it happened. We, I found a nice venue in Brooklyn, this little like party hall. Um, I invited 30 people who I knew were doing like super dope things. And I'm like, I'm doing this brunch. Um, there's no nothing to it. Like just show up. I just want, I just want to celebrate you for being you and all the work you've done over the last year or years in your career, because I know so many makers and doers and folks who are actively like just on the ground making waves and trying to create that do not take a moment to celebrate themselves. Like how often do you yeah. look in the mirror and say to yourself, like, damn, I really did that. Right. Oh, like, Aaron, I, I don't know if I'm the best person because uh, I, I do that every day. Maybe now. But I, was it always that way? If it was always that way, you are one of a kind. <laughs> I'm a different breed, so don't ask me that question. <laughs> you don't get you gonna get me canceled on my own podcast. I can hear people now. A dude, I always knew a dude was just full of himself. But I <laughs> but, no, but I think that's important though. Like the fact that you do that, that's the thing that we should be able to e easily embody. Like. You you feel you can get canceled for a thing that we should easily be able to do. I know, right? That's, that's the bigger true. conversation. And that's why yeah. the brush had happened because I was like, y'all are all doing amazing work. And everyone's in different industries like marketing, real estate, uh, facilities, operations, management, like things like that. And I wanted to find a way to bring them all together. And there are people I've met from different walks of life, ad color, high school friends. And at that time, it was people that I knew. I knew everyone in the room. Last year, um, I was like, okay, we're gonna scale this brunch. We're gonna try to get some partners because, like, I, I, we were. It was. It was just an idea. And I, as you see, I called out Jay Z before, but like that was my version of Rock Nation brunch. Like, I'm like, yeah. I ain't gonna be able to go there right now. I, ain't, but one day we'll be in Rock Nation brunch. How yeah. do I use my version of that? And everyone was like, this was dope. Like, this was a thing I never knew that I wanted or needed in my life. And when's the next one? And I'm like, well, damn, I haven't thought about the next one. I, I was really, I was going off of vibes, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah, just trying yeah. to make a thing. But um, after I'm like, well, what do I know how to do? How do I build something out of this moment? Uh, and I'm, I'm like, well, I'm a strategist. I build comp strategies for brands on a day-to-day -day basis. So I know how to build and re resonate with an audience. I had uh, at the time a roommate who's one of my business partners. Uh, he was a social strategist and I had a mentee who was looking to get into strategy. And I'm like, yo, help me build a social page like let's just start making content out of nowhere like you'll you'll see like a mix of like informational content videos the whole nine like on the black visionary social but that was the approach like there was no big business plan drawn out like we just kind of went and did it um and then the, one year later we brought on like 
our creative director. We brought on operations team. And it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Now we bring in some sponsors. We were fortunate enough to partner with Ad Color last year um, to help bring the brunch to life. And that turned into like an even bigger event. So we went from the 30 to 90 attendees last year. So that was wow. that, that was wild to, to see just the shift, right? Like the the overall increase in attendance. And then we went from me knowing you everyone. Went from, you went from 30 to 90 people attending the brunch? Yes, sir. Like me to me not knowing everybody in the room. Like I was meeting people, which was cool. Like they're like, I'm like, oh hi, how you know, how are you? Nice to meet you. The whole cordial conversation. And I'm like, yo, I've never, I've never been in the room with you. So that felt good to know yeah. that I'm not, I'm now not inviting my my 29 cousins, my 30 cousins <laughs> to an event, you know. So that was cool uh, to see that. And this year. We're working on this next this uh this next brunch and we have a lot of really dope stuff in store and the way to in terms of getting on the list um it's really the, the team does like a vetting process we do some social scraping community engagement people who have really like been interacting with the black visionaries community people who are out making waves and we we try to like just reach out like hey are you interested in attending this moment so people who are even most of the time making waves but less likely to stop and celebrate themselves and bring mm -hmm. them into the fold uh for that because there's so much more magic that can be done if we just end up in a room with the right people. And sometimes you are two to maybe even three degrees of separation from someone who you can get something magical with. So that's this this year we're looking at hopefully 130 to 150 people. So okay. we, 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 we tried to mitigate it. I didn't want to just triple it all over here because I would have got a little crazy. And we trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, um, we are excited. Hey, before you actually talk about it any further, what is the best way that people can get in contact with you? Because I'm sure that a lot of the listeners, if they have questions about it, mm -hmm. now I always like to warn the listeners as well. Aaron is on here, the gracious out of his heart. It is, it is past business hours in New York for him, but he is on here. We are talking. So he may not respond back to you immediately. So don't hold <laughs> it to it. But what is the best place that people can get in contact with you if they want to learn more about the brunch or even if they want to maybe potentially be a partner or a sponsor? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say the first place um, is Black Visionaries. If, if you're looking for a partnership, Black Visionaries lead, L-E-A-D, at gmail.com. Okay. Um, so looking at that email, we also have, this, that's our social handle as well on Instagram. So Black Visionaries lead, you'll see a golden V um, on LinkedIn, Black Visionaries. So all pretty much same, same vein, same naming conventions. Or you can reach out to me directly um, on LinkedIn. Aaron Francois. So uh, you'll see my name on the content, I'm assuming. So yeah. the, spelling, the Francois spelling won't catch you lacking. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S. Um, look me up on LinkedIn. And then, yeah, those are like the main places where you can find like any and everything. I post about Black Visionaries as well, which is why I put myself out there. Also, I'm I'm going to spare the rest of my, my leadership team. And I'll be going like, why you did that? So, but, but yeah, hit up. Hit up Black Visionaries directly and always down to, to sort it out. We're, we're still in this, the space of looking for partners, not just for the brunch, but for the year overall. So if anyone sees this and is interested in hearing more about the initiative or partnering for another opportunity or the upcoming brunch, hit us up. 
Awesome. Definitely. We will do that for sure. Um, I will do it for sure. So that's maybe offline. But um, I tell you what, we're we're super excited. And like I said, I think it's a great another way that you're building community. So, you know, final thing before you get out of here, um, a bit of a personal question. But, you know, I think within the quote, you know, um, that I read at the beginning of the show, um, it mentions that you're a lover of all things DE and I. Um, and I guess on the flip side of that, do you ever get tired of DE&I? I mean, nah, man. I, I hate to say it. I said it like, oh, you should know I'm not. No, but uh, but no, nah, I, I don't get tired of it because I, I love to do this work. Um, this, is, okay. this is my why. Like, you know, I said earlier, like when you meet somebody, like understand their why. Like my why is to create work that is reflective of the world that I grew up in. Right. Mm -hmm. And it should be. And let me let me kind of dive a little deeper. The reason why I asked, um, and it's pretty straightforward, is I know you also mentioned um, employee resource groups, but I mm -hmm. think that sometimes there is a lot of weight that is on individuals that don't necessarily understand, I think, the um, demand uh, that it takes when you are involved in DEI. So you're focused on employee research groups while still doing your nine to five, and that could be a little daunting. So if your answer still stands, I understand it. But, you know, for other listeners that are, you know, I think experiencing that type of conflict, what advice would you give them so that they can maintain their love and passion for DE&I without getting burnt out? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'll start... With the precursor, I do not run an ERG anymore. Um, I, that was a past life, but that that was how I learned my preference for the Black Visionaries community because mm -hmm. I had the ability to make the changes I would like to see without permission from people who don't look like me. And I think that was that was my personal qualm. And that can get a little. I had to be careful with these next couple statements, but it, it can get a little touchy in that um, I did feel like I didn't understand like why as a black man specifically for my identity working alongside other black people um, to make changes or to create equitable experiences for people who look like us you have to get approval from layers of people in leadership who looked nothing like our community and could never understand the plight and that's not every erg but there were moments where i had that in my career and i was like oh okay well i'm i'm gonna just go build my own thing right and yeah that that's where i think my skill set can best serve the community. But for those who are in ERG, I would say, one, find your soundboards, right? And, and say what you feel. Don't say what you think they want to hear for you to get, you know, the results you're looking for. Because that's, if you don't show, share your true feelings, the change won't matter, right? It'll be what they think is like the optimal version of it. Like if you're tired of it or if you say it hurts or, you know, it's what they did with, was wrong, flat out you can say those things because at the end of the day wrong is wrong and it doesn't matter um what title a person holds if they did something that was wrong i remember uh one of the ways i was able to help my erg most was unfortunately during the george floyd era this we've had an erg before that but of course everybody was trying to figure out like how do i help black people post george floyd we had a town hall um and it was right after it happened and it was not addressed nobody said anything about it and like i felt sick to my stomach like knowing that nothing was said. And I sent an email to my CEO, like flat, like, now to do that is very ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like do not, do not. And you got a response back? Got a response back. And we had a meeting, we talked about it. Uh, we made some actionable changes and 
it was it, it to this day those changes that we discussed are still being implemented in that company nice so, wow great for you man so Absolutely. i would say like sometimes if you're if your spirit moves you to do something to the point of like the dose of courage like do it like just say like this is the thing i'm going to do and if you want to stand on it then do so you know yeah i love it dose of courage and also to stand it on business business Aaron, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. Any final words before you get out of here? Um, check out the visionaries. You know, shout outs to Ad Color. Look us up. Uh, if, you could, if you're eligible, apply to be a teacher or a leader. Um, check out all the community initiatives. And shout out every program that has helped me to this day, i.e., Make the One Club, A Dose of Black Joy, you know? <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Home Team. Shout out to Home Team. Absolutely. And we will take that. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am super excited about your journey ahead. Also to getting to know you even more. And thank you all once again for listening to another episode. As always, stay safe, drink a ton of water, and remember that you deserve a dose of black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I am Adu. Yes, sir. <laughs>